This is the Lakin Chronicles Road to Recovery podcast with addiction specialist, Dr. Greg Lakin. Real people, real stories, real addiction, and real recovery journeys. The Road to Recovery starts now. Okay, I think at this point we'll send it right over to Dr. Lakin. Doctor? Thank you, Phil. Hey, I am honored today on our show. We have a gentleman by the name of Jared Cerullo. Jared, people know him because he's on several different radio stations. Everybody knows your voice, of course. And then, of course, you used to be on radio or on, on TV, on K- KFDI. So um, it's really a pleasure to have you. I really appreciate you coming. Thanks for having me. I appreciate you asking. You know, and, and, I mean, you're very successful, but a lot of people don't know that you have a personal battle or history with battling opioids, and I really would like you to share that with us. So. I, um, well, first off, I, I, I started out with a shoulder injury. I'd been a bowler all of my life. From the time I was 10 years old, I picked up a bowling ball. Mm-hmm. And, and loved bowling and was and was pretty good at it. But uh, the downfall was it pretty much tore up my shoulder by the time I was in my mid-30s. And um, so I started seeking some pain relief when, you know, I would say I was 35, 45 now. And, and in my mid-30s, um, I really started having some bulge disc problems and... Uh, you know, I, I can't remember the names of everything that was right. going on, but... Um, Pain pills were given out pretty yeah. freely 10 years ago. Yeah. yeah, all you had to do was, was right. go to the doctor and ask. And, you know, we even discussed surgery, and surgery was ruled out. It wasn't bad enough, but um, ultimately, to tide me over to get things better was, you know, opiate, you know, Lortab. Right. Hydrocodone, whatever you know, it's no. all. Whatever and that was back in the it. day when providers were told, "Hey, we weren't treating pain adequately. Mm-hmm. We needed to up our game, so to speak." You know, to, so people didn't have any pain. Basically, is what the message was. So, uh, to fast forward a little bit, you know, before I know it, you know, years are going by, and I'm taking more and more and more and more opiate and you know in in my mind i think i knew i knew there was a problem i knew that this couldn't continue but you you don't tell yourself that you know you tell yourself that if you're hurting you you don't want to be hurting anymore and so um and i even talked with my family doctor about this you know but like you said it's you know there was there was never any concerns with addiction or whatever there wasn't and even if i knew it in my mind that you know, if I tried to stop and couldn't, either because of withdrawal setting on or hurting one or the other, it, you always fall back to taking more. People don't realize how fast that tolerance builds mm-hmm. up, especially young males. Mm-hmm. Right. No. And I started out with, um, you know, I, you know, you, you, people who are probably watching this video know, you know, you know, you start out with. Lortab fives, right. and and then you work your way up to seven and a halfs, mm-hmm. and then you work your way up to tens, and, and then by the time you know years go by, you're taking two tens in the morning and two at night, and you know it's right. it's it's a never ending cycle. Unfortunately, talk to people that get up to thirty or forty mm-hmm. tens a day. Yeah, and I think what is that doing to their liver? What is yeah. that doing? You know, but and I thought about that all right. the time. You know, it's like we were talking earlier. Is is um, a, a user or an addict, when you you start investigating these things, you get on the internet and you start looking about, you know, you educate yourself, you know, people know what they're talking about, they know they know how to talk to their doctor to right. get more, and, and um, 
I, I started investigating on my own. And so I, I learned so much just from the internet. You know, it's, it's readily available. All that information is out there. So oh, I'm amazed. The people that have um, been overtaken by addiction, I mean, very bright, very productive, hardworking, and, and uh, it, yeah, it sneaks up on you. There's no doubt. Is it, it with with you? Was it uh, more that the pain was so bad at first, so then then you would take more to overcome to compensate for the pain? Yeah, for for a large part, it was. Um, well, like I said, I I was a bowler, so you know if I was if I was done bowling league at night, and I would bowl three or four leagues a week, mm. and you know I was I was a, I was a pretty <laughs> hefty bowler, and so at that point, you know when when I injured my shoulder and you know it was always I would I would have to feel better to go bowling and then afterwards you know a few hours later you'd hurt and you'd need some more right. you know the pain and ultimately I, I quit bowling I haven't bowled for five six years now and uh, a pain meds can be a quick fix right if you're right. an athlete makes or sense. you're working in very physical situations I mean yeah you got to get through your day, and, and you that was get on to the next that day. was another part of um, you know after in 2013 um, I had lost my job, mm -hmm. and it it wasn't due to anything any of the pills that I was taking or anything, but um, when I lost my job, I had mm -hmm. to turn to manual labor for a little while. Oh right, and that made yeah. things worse, mm -hmm. you know, and so it was one problem compounded by another mm -hmm. and before i know it you know 7 years goes by and i'm i'm taking 100 to 150 milligrams of lortab a day right. and it's not doing anything anymore. right that's just so, to feel normal at that point and that's to that's, feel normal yeah. that's not to get the you know the the uh, mm -hmm. not the hallucinogenic that's not the Any word that i'm looking euphoria, for the euphoric but, high but it's not even there and, after a while nope. you can't take enough or nope. yeah no. It's it's a it's a common theme, it's a yeah. common story. And so then what did your life become when you had to have ten or fifteen a day or you had to get money for ten or fifteen a day? Yeah. What happened next? Life it began it began kind of taking over um my personal life mm -hmm. and my professional life and to where I couldn't I couldn't feel normal. I couldn't function without having enough opiate in my system. Mm -hmm. Um and again it was just to feel normal. To get up and go to work, it you know it, it used to be that in the beginning you would take enough to feel good and go to sleep, but then it became you had to take enough to feel normal and get up and go to work in in the morning or or whatever. So it's it it became a hugely burdensome in in my personal life and all consuming for your mm -hmm. entire day is mm -hmm. thinking about yeah yeah. How to get more? Yep. How to get money for more? Yeah, yeah. And there's a lot of anxiety associated yep. with it, is there not? It is. There is. Yep. And you know, in when you're when you get a prescription from your doctor, mm -hmm. <laughs> you you it almost seems like you sit there and you you count out what you can, and you right. always go over your count or, or or whatever. And then at the end of your prescription, you know, you're five days too short, and you have to make up an excuse to call your doctor and figure something out or go to a friend or, you know, a friend of a friend of a friend. And, right. you know, I never, I never got pills from the street. I, n mm -hmm. I never went that far. A lot of people do Absolutely. and have. Yeah. Um, and that's another part of, of 
how it just consumes you, you know, it's... You make it's, a good point. It makes you do things you normally would never mm -hmm, do, mm -hmm. but for the fear of withdrawals or yep. but for the fear of running out. So, yep. no. And I talk to people all the time as well that maybe it was a friend, but it could have been a family member. It could have mm -hmm. been, like you said, off the street. So you were smart enough to get help before, before it came to that point. Yeah. So that's good. So what was your next step or when did you realize that it was time? Um, I realized it was time... Let's see, I, I went through this for about seven years, and um, I, I realized it was time probably five years into it. So I went another two years right. uh, still struggling, and, and at that point in time, uh, this was probably, you know, this was a few years ago, and this was kind of before Suboxone became right. a big thing and really had advanced into the market. Mm -hmm. um, and it's been a lifesaver. It's it's been a lifesaver to me. I mean, um, I can't tell you how much it's helped. I mean, it's it's gotten to me where I'm, you know, normal. I feel terrible saying this, but you know, it's you're a normal functioning adult, and it gets you back into a a system where you're not relying so heavily at all on right. And on did you opiate. notice? I mean, I you know, I I use buprenorphine and Suboxone products. I mean, I use those products. Um, for several patients, but I mean, in addition to stopping withdrawals and, and, and helping control cravings, maybe did you notice mood stabilization or a mind shift back to kind of normalcy? Yeah. Did you notice that a lot of the anxiety or something was going yeah, on? Yeah, absolutely. Um, it became, it, it, like I said, it, it was it was a game changer for me, and it was, it was where a lot of the anxiety stopped. I would still, um, I still have that fear, you know, of... Withdrawal. I mean, anybody who's been through opiate withdrawal, it is the worst. It is the absolute worst. You can't you can't function at all. And um, you know, it, they a lot of people describe it as flu, flu-like symptoms oh, or sure. whatever. You know, the fake flu, right. whatever you want to call it. Um, but man, it's 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 agonizing. It you is. know, I've talked to people that all they didn't know actually. They thought they had the flu. With yeah. The first time, the first time, and I noticed an uptick. Yeah. Um, I noticed an uptick in the withdrawal symptoms throughout my my ordeal and my stage. When in early on, if 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 I would run out, not only would I be in pain, but um, I would notice anxiety, mm -hmm. and it was it was more of a jittery. I couldn't hold still. Mm -hmm. you, you know, you you get the restless leg syndrome, and you can't sleep, insomnia. Um, but anxiety for the most part. Right. But then as you progress, as you take more and more and more over a long term, then it becomes uh, diarrhea and upset stomach and headache. It becomes so much more right. the longer and the more you take. So Yep. And they even show in the, in the brain where it's associated with the hypothalamus. And so it's associated with a lot of emotion and a lot of fear. So that's not unusual in withdrawals to have so much fear associated with going through withdrawals or even, you know, when your life seems stable, something feels wrong or right. unsettled or you feel, I mean, did you feel, uh, even, even when you, now that you're stable, I mean, do you still have times where you feel like something's not quite right or, or have you figured out figured out how to get through that not nearly as much mm -hmm. anymore i mean i'm i'm at a point where i you know i've and a lot of it was mental i think it's yeah. not only was it physical addiction mm -hmm. but it's a mental addiction as well 
and that's a heck of a thing to get over. Um, and I don't, I don't go through that anymore. Mm -hmm. I don't, um, I don't think about it 24 hours a day anymore like I used to. So a lot of the mental side effects I think are, are gone. Thank and how long does that take to happen? I know it's a little different for everybody, but I mean, it's a matter of months, yeah, if not years. If not right? year, but, yes. yeah. It was, it was yeah. a long-term, mm -hmm. it was a long-term thing. But through through the, the buprenorphine, buprenorphine, it was it was it was more of a um, it it didn't it took away the withdrawal effects. Mm -hmm. You I I didn't have any withdrawals whatsoever when I first when I first started taking the strips and suboxone films. Um, I did have some withdrawal, but immediately I mean the the um, whatever the drug does, you're the expert right. on that. It right. closes the receptors in your, yeah. in your brain that, that create that high or cause that withdrawal one or the other. Mm -hmm. So you don't feel that withdrawal. And so I think that's a lot of that fear is now gone. So Right. And they actually show studies. They have studies out there where the limbic part of your brain, the fight or flight part starts to finally mm -hmm. calm down. Yeah. You re-engage yeah, the frontal, and you start feeling back in control yeah. again, don't you? Instead or you start of, thinking about the future. Yeah, it's like a, a radio wavelength. You know, right. when right. you're when you're using, there's ups and downs, and ups and downs all the time. And now it's it's a nice stable wavelength, which is great. Do you feel? Uh, and I'm sorry to interrupt, but something kind of caught me there. Do you feel this better now? Obviously, you feel better now. But before you started this, are you, do you feel like you did before? Um, before I started with yeah. Dr. Lakin? No, the, yeah, the, uh, the addiction. Right. Um, no, I, I, I mean, like I said, it, it, was a, it, was, it was a lot of mood swings that would go along with it. And, um, but no, I don't, I, don't feel, I don't feel any worse, no. So you feel kind of like the same? Mm-hmm, yeah. But you're right, Phil. A lot of people that come or have addictions, they had a pre-existing anxiety disorder, no. even bipolar, even depression, but not everybody. And certainly right. um, you have to control the mood disorder if it's there mm -hmm. to, to, to get people to, to get off and stay off. But with you... I was, was, I was never on anything. I mean, right. I've, I've no. never done any right. drugs other than this in my life, you know, other than, you know, alcohol, drink yeah. socially or, and occasionally. And, but no, I've, I've never, yeah. I was always the goody two-shoe of the family, well, this you know. Is, this yeah. shows you right now that <laughs> yeah. a professional, as, as Jared is, well, said, it could happen to anybody. Yeah. No, and, and like so many, I mean, it started with legitimate pain, yeah. and it can get away from you so fast. Mm -hmm. and, and so I think healthcare professionals are much more tuned in to, yeah. to, to the dangers, but there was a time there where... And there, there was a time when, when the pharmaceutical companies were denying the problem or denying what right. they knew about about yeah. these drugs, too. That's, so. that's exactly right. You know, we even had, uh, going to, to the VA, we had uh, had it where, uh, that they were prescribing back, you know, just a few years ago, but 250, 300 at a time. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it, because it was just thought that that's what was needed. Mm -hmm. and, right. Uh, that was, at, you know, before I got my knees done, but they had talked about that when I was at uh, oh, VA. Oh, yeah. 
we were all told in fifth vital sign and hospitals, you know, made sure that pain was controlled. Uh, yeah. And we didn't have a lot of, or use a lot of other modalities. We didn't have that. And some, and to some effect, the hospitals seem to still be that way mm -hmm. as well. That's the first thing they ask you. What's your pain? What's your right. pain level? Yeah. What's your pain level? You need yeah. some morphine, whatever. And it, it, it's not quite like that, but it's always what's your pain level? Right. And uh, I, I was, had a hospital stay probably a year ago with a pancreatitis attack and and uh, that was as soon as you go in, what's your pain level, you know? And I, I think there's a new awareness now where it's not, you're not supposed to be free of all pain like right. they used to, that, that was the expectation, but certainly, you know, get you to where uh, high functionality. Right. And so, uh -huh. um, but, but, but I also, I mean, this is a very powerful story and I appreciate you coming in and sharing it with people. You certainly don't have to, but I mean, nothing is more powerful than a, a successful story, you know, uh, somebody that's been there and with a lot of courage, yeah. I might add, and and uh, and and some grace, you've you've conquered it. Now, how, what's it like on the other side? It's I, my life has changed. I don't completely for the better. I don't, you know, I don't think about it. It's it's a twenty when you're when you're in that hell. It is it is a hell when you're in that, especially when you know you're running out and you have to get more and you have to come up with a reason to get more or you have to find someone new who has some in their medicine cabinet, yeah. you know, it's, it's, it's a 24-hour thought yeah. process and you think about it all the time because you don't want to go, you don't want to go through withdrawal. It's not and, good. and I often think, you know, I have so many very... Um, successful, high-functioning people that are battling addiction, I always think, man, if you could just use that same amount of energy you used every day to, yep. you know, for your job or, or for something, yep. you know, entrepreneurish, yep. you would be so successful. So but, much more successful. Yeah. Yeah. And luckily, you, you've been clean for how many years now? Seven or eight years now, yeah. Oh, that's amazing, yeah. So you know what it's like on the other side, and now we're exposed to fentanyl, yeah. lace, counterfeit oh pills, gosh. pressed pills. There's stuff out there that absolutely kills people. Well, they're talking about uh, all this fentanyl that's being that's being uh, cut into mm -hmm. cocaine and yeah. these street drugs that have been out for years. And people that aren't, if you don't have a tolerance to this opiate, yes. if, you, if you snort a line of cocaine that's been cut with fentanyl, you're dead. You're dead. Oh, I just God. went to a funeral a couple of Sundays ago, and mm -hmm. you know somebody that got out of inpatient had been late twenties, thought they could handle anything, and got a hold of one of these counterfeit pills. Yeah. It literally killed them, and they thought they had a tolerance. But after being inpatient yeah. and absent for a while, they had no tolerance, and they died. And now the, oh. from what I'm from what I'm hearing that these these cartels, right. they're they're mixing it with carfentanil, which is an yes. elephant tranquilizer. Yeah. Yeah, people are coming, they're taking pills, they think it's safer if they use prescription-looking pills, right. and this was, a, well, in one of the cases it was an N30, like yeah. one of these oxycodone immediate mm. release N30, no, it wasn't. Mm. Well, one patient snorted half a one, and he mm. had to go to the hospital, and he, he knew he, yeah. didn't, he didn't have much, what he thought. What he thought. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Well, what would you tell somebody, so you've done this, you've been there, you've conquered it, I know it wasn't easy, as you said. Yeah. Um, but what would you tell somebody that's out there in rural Kansas or out there in some um, little town that thinks that they're the only one with the problem yeah. or they're embarrassed and they don't know what to do next? What would you tell them? You're not. You're not the only one out there. I guarantee you um, a lot of people suffer through this and your neighbors, your family members suffer through this. Um, 
it quietly a lot of you know uh, my parents knew what I was going through um, mm -hmm. I had talked and my my spouse knew we you know had talked right. about it and we we knew what was happening um, but that didn't make it any easier. You they know, don't that, always know how to help you. Right, they don't know how to help. Right. They don't know what to tell you. And if, yeah. and if they're anything, that makes it worse because they're going to help you get what you need. Right. And you know, mom and dad cannot tell you no, unfortunately. Yeah. And it's, it almost becomes not, an enabler. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. So they, they think they're helping. Yeah. They want to help, but they're not. They're actually was it, was it a while before you told your spouse yeah. or your... Folks, yeah, a few years mm, into it, yeah. And so I, I would say that the treatment options for opioid addiction have come so far in just the last five or six years right. yeah. at that it, you don't have to suffer through this. I mean, it used to be to get off of this this stuff, people had to go through withdrawal. They had to titrate down and... Right. and um, that's the best option. <laughs> the best thing to do is right. to titrate down if you can, but a lot of people can't can't do that. They so. can't do that, or, or you know, they go inpatient and abstain from everything, yeah. and they go right back to the same yeah. environment with the same friends, the same mm -hmm. triggers, and so... The yeah. options are out there to, yeah. um, to safely and comfortably uh, get back to a normal life. Right. Well, I really would like to thank you. I mean, you've been... Uh, always a, a role model for, for people to follow very successful and so I really Thank appreciate you. you telling a story because your story will hopefully inspire others um, like like you said there's so many dangers out there now yeah. it's nothing to play around with so now is the time to go get some treatment now is the time whether it's inpatient outpatient or or medication assisted treatment like we talked about here um, it's worth it on the other yeah. side it is absolutely worth it and, you know, is there a cost to it? Yes, absolutely. But I guarantee you the cost isn't what, you know, right. it's a lot less than, you know, going to the street and paying five or six hundred dollars for, you know, a week's worth of... And putting your life at risk and, as well. And yes. the dangers of it, yeah. Well, in family life and, and parents and everybody's... It's so much more stable. Wonderful. I appreciate you telling your that's, story. That's yeah. cool. Thank that's you. really nice. Yeah. Well, thank you, Jared. Thank you for telling us. Thanks for having me. Nope, it takes some courage, and I bet you save some some people. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you. You're welcome. All right, I appreciate nice. it. Dr. Lakin is a board-certified family medicine doctor with an emphasis in addiction medicine and over 25 years of experience. For addiction recovery services in the Wichita area, please visit www.centerforchangeks.com or visit samhsa.gov for a national directory of resources and recovery centers in your area. You can also find these links in the podcast description. Thank you for listening to the Lakin Chronicles Road to Recovery podcast. And remember, you've got this.